Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Friday, January 22nd, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 3, More About Alcoholism, on page 31. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that starts at the bottom of page 31 with we do not like to pronounce and ends at the top of page 32 with full knowledge of your condition. Today's readers are Laureen D, Matt J F, Carmela G, and Tenzin P. The recording share ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, January 21st, 2021 are 16,242 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 16242 and 16,243 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 16243. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laureen D. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. This is Laureen D. from Washington State. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the chance to serve. Have a good day. Thank you, Lorraine D. from Washington State. I will now ask Matt J.F. to read the OA-12 Traditions. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Rebecca. This is Matt J.F. in Louisville, Kentucky, and these are the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority the loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Matt J.F. from Kentucky. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
today we resume our study of the big book and we are we will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph on page 31 we do not like to pronounce through full knowledge of your condition on the top of page 32. I will now ask Carmela G to go ahead and read that for us. Thank you so much Rebecca. My name is Carmela G, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from New York. We do not like to pronounce any individual as alcoholic, but you can quickly diagnose yourself. Step over to the nearest barroom and try some controlled drinking. Try to drink and stop abruptly. Try it more than once. It will not take long for you to decide if you are honest with yourself about it, it may be worth a bad case of jitters if you get a full knowledge of your condition. Now, it's interesting that today I would be reading that paragraph because I never came into program until I was in my sixth decade of life. And um, I was never honest with myself. I was always in denial. I could always handle the food. I could lose the weight. I was a real I-I-a, just like Bill. And it was at a family gathering that a young woman who was in program came over to me to say hello and... um, I told her, why don't you sit down and and have some dessert, have a cup of coffee and dessert. And she said, oh, not today. And I said, oh, you're one of those people that I hear about. And she said, I must tell you something. And she had difficulty, and I'm sure she had difficulty because she read the book, that we never pronounce another individual. She said, Carmela, I've known you all my life. And I must tell you, you're a compulsive overeater. And immediately I went into the denial. Immediate. I am not. I can handle this. And she convinced me by telling me of the doctor's opinion. I came into program. And I was just in the early days of program when I started listening to vision and I heard someone read this line. And I'm sitting, listening, and I thought, oh, see, they're telling me I should go out and do more research. The disease is so embedded in our mind and so obsessed. We are obsessed with the thought that maybe we are not. But the reality is I went in my heart. I knew because for six decades I tried controlling in every human method possible, and I could not. I ate myself up into over 300 pounds and into insanity. But today, because I delve in, I was honest. I dug it out. I worked those steps. I can say today 
Yes, I am. A grateful compulsive overeater. And it has saved my life and have allowed me to live a much more fulfilling life working these steps. And with that, I shall pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. from New York for getting us started. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on an A Vision for You meeting on Wednesday or Thursday and would like to share on the third paragraph on page 31, we do not like to pronounce through full knowledge of your condition, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Geraldine O. Was it Geraldine? Wait one second. Was that Geraldine? Yes, Geraldine O. Oh, dear. All right. I'm just going to put Geraldine O. I'm not sure. I heard an Esther, I think. Sarah R. from New York. Sarah Adriana R. Adriana E. You know, some people are so timid that I'm not catching the names. I have four so far, Geraldine O., Esther, Sarah R., and Adriana T., but I know there were others. Anita Barbara. J. E, Anita G. J, Amy G, Barbara E, Barbara so, E. I got you, Barbara. I got you. Um, so, was there some quiet wee voice in there that I didn't write down that wants to say your name again? Okay. This is who I have then, Geraldine O, Esther, Sarah R, Adriana T, Anita J, Amy G, and Barbara E. Geraldine O, I hope I got your name right. Maybe not. Hi, Karma. Yep, no, you did. This is Geraldine O. May I be heard? Oh, very good. Geraldine O, go right ahead. I hear you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I'm Geraldine O, a recovered compulsive overeater from Ireland, um, available for for sponsorship. So I am, um, you know, when I when you read this paragraph and it's quickly diagnose yourself, and it just brought me back to about a year before I came into OA, and I remember saying, um, to a therapist, you know, I know what my problem is. I'm addicted to food, specifically to sugar and possibly other things. And she mentioned OA to me and, you know, I, I didn't know anything about it. And, you know, I, I, I didn't pick up on it. I suppose I wasn't ready. But I thought, I think I can try this myself. You know, I'll try and stay away from, you know, um, sugar, which I did for a couple of months. But, but I wasn't able to keep doing it. And I suppose what this is saying to me is, yeah, I was absolutely sure that I was addicted to sugar for over a year before I picked up the phone number because by then I had tried to do it on my own and I was beaten and I was worse than what I ever had been before. Once I got back into it again a couple of months later, I just couldn't stop. So when I 
read the doctor's opinion uh, with my sponsor, the relief that I felt to know that this was a disease and more importantly, there is a solution. And, you know, I'm I'm so relieved for that, even though it took me, you know, until my mid 40s to understand that I had the disease and to diagnose it. But I'm so grateful that I have done that. I'm so grateful for this programme and for vision because, you know, listening to everybody every day and, you know, reading through the big book, that's what helps me in my recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Geraldine O. from Ireland. Esther, I didn't catch your initial. It's your turn, Esther. Unless there wasn't an Esther. Was there anyone whose name sounded like Esther? Okay, we'll try for Sarah R. Good morning. Do you hear me clearly? I do. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much to the moderator. Um, This is Sarah R. in Brooklyn, New York, living one minute at a time. Um, This was a very nice paragraph, and, you know, the first sentence that, like, when we're quick to diagnose others, you know, before I came, you know what, even now, I'm right away, you know, analyzing and you know, diagnosing, oh, this person's definitely a compulsive overeater, undereater. And, you know, it was very interesting for me to hear. And then right away, it, it shifts back to us, you know, and I, I feel like that's like the whole point of the steps, like instead of, you know, especially in step four and everything, we're always, me, I'll speak for myself as an addict, we're always, I am always trying to, you know, compare myself or just compare everyone around me and, you know, pun intended, like we just need to look at our own plate and see, you know, what what's going on with me. And then when it continues on to say, um, you know, do, do we believe that we're actually a compulsive overeater? You know, when I came in here, I just thought, okay, you know, I'll lose a little bit of weight. I had no idea, no idea about anything in program. And, um, you know, I, I'm doing the work. And for the longest time, I did not believe that, you know, a lot of the things everyone on the line said, I identified with, but, you know, I'm not really like them. And through my relapse, I learned very much so that I'm exactly like everybody else. Because, you know, even when people had, you know, crazy stories, what I identified as crazy, and I had the same thing, you know, going to any party or going to any restaurant. We couldn't just go to a restaurant. Everyone could only go to the restaurant that I liked. How selfish is that? And anytime I went to a restaurant or a party, it was always about what I'm eating, what I'm not eating. But I, I'm not a compulsive overeater. Nah, not me you know, but the steps are great, right? And then when I relapsed, and I actually had jitters, I remember sitting at my job, and I could not concentrate. And then it hit me, I am a compulsive overeater. And you know what, this paragraph is so powerful, 
because for the longest time, I didn't want to believe it. So, you know, for all of those of you on the line who might not think you identify, and so many people had told me this, you know, you hadn't hit rock bottom. If you don't really believe it, then maybe go and try to find it. And I'm like, gosh, there's so many arrogant people in this program, but they're coming from love. And I'm the one, <laughs> I'm the arrogant one over here because I, I'm fine. And if, okay, thank you. And if I, what I want to leave you with, if I have to try so hard to fight something, it just shows how realistic of a thing it is and how I actually am a compulsive overeater. So thank you so much to all of you on the line. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sarah R. from Brooklyn, New York. Adriana T. Hi, this is Adriana T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Detroit, Michigan. And thank you, moderator, for your service and everyone that served. Um, I really like this paragraph because it really does remind me that, you know, I'm really the only one that can decide if I belong here. And if I don't know it, then no one's really going to convince me. The only thing that's really going to convince me is, you know, my experience with the disease. And, you know, the consequences that come from, you know, compulsive overeating. And um, it really took me a long time to really believe that I belonged here. Um, I remember my first meeting, all I could, in 2008, the only thing I could remember was, oh, they told me about this nutritionist and blah, blah, blah. But I don't remember anything else from the meeting. Um, and then uh, when I came back to OA again a couple years after that, um, I remember trying to kind of convince the group that I belonged there because I was like, well, this one's bigger than me and this one's smaller than me. So I was like just coming up with reasons why I didn't fit, you know, because there wasn't someone exactly like me. And, you know, I was trying to really figure out if I really belong there. And it took several more years of um, trying to control my eating and my weight, uh, you know, be able to accept it for myself that I belong. Um, and, you know, it took me to up to 250 pounds to recognize that I really had a problem. And, um, and not just that, but just, um, you know, where I was emotionally, I think is really more significant than the weight. Like, I really wanted to give up on life. I really was defeated. And I knew OA was my only hope because I had tried everything else. Um, but now I can, I'm getting to that point of being a grateful compulsive overeater because, you know, this program has afforded me the opportunity to really need God and to recognize how much I really need God. And, um, I wouldn't be able to work this program without having the full knowledge of my condition. So, um, like yesterday, by the end of the day, I was like, I don't know how many outreach calls I made today. That must have been a good day. Um, and before, I wouldn't have wanted to make any outreach calls. I wouldn't have wanted to see how anyone else is doing. Um, I would have been just all about me. When can I get to my bed with my food and my iPad? That's all I would have been worried about. And so um, having this disease and knowing it to my core, it makes me work every day at my recovery. So with that, I'm grateful and I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Adriana T. from Detroit, Michigan. Is Esther on the line, who I think I heard wanted to share? I just want to give another shout out in case there is an Esther. Okay, and do I hear someone named Esther coming on? No? Okay. So before we move on to Anita J, I just want to let the people who uh, got on the line late, I know there's a few of you at least, um, what we read. And so we're sharing on the third paragraph on page 31, we do not like to pronounce through full knowledge of your condition. Anita J, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you. Um, this is Anita J living in the recovery uh, through the grace of God out in Framingham, Massachusetts. The, the sentence I want hit me, you know, between the eyes again, because I cannot, must never forget. It says, try to stop abruptly. I didn't do that on purpose. But once I had lost a, one of my, for the many times, 60 or 70 pounds, and I broke, I broke it. I broke the diet, and I'm on my way back up when my daughter comes home and says, Mom, prepare a wedding. I'm getting married in 31 days. Try to stop abruptly, folks. It's the mother of the bride. I, I took, I, I don't know, through the grace of God or what, I stopped. I couldn't lose. I was up two sizes. I couldn't, I couldn't go down, but I didn't go any further. I tell you, it was hell. We had the wedding and all, and I started again. I don't even know if I got home and unzipped the dress. I started. And two weeks later, my son comes home and says, he's getting married on New Year's Eve. <laughs> that was um, she was met Mother's Day. He's going to be New Year's Eve. I couldn't stop. I could not stop for him. You think you can do this twice? It was a miracle. That dress, because fortunately, she was having a black and white wedding, and I had this two-piece stretch skirt suit. When I look at those pictures, it's, it's very sad. It's very sad what we do. But there is a solution. That's why I'm even talking about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't, re you know, if I were living like that now, but I must never forget that. You can't stop. You can't stop. You know what? I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop recovering. That's what I don't want to stop. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Anita J. from Massachusetts. Amy G. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland, and thank you, everyone, who shared. So I, I switched these um, words in here, and it says, uh, step into the nearest buffet and try some controlled eating. Try to eat a dessert and stop abruptly. Try it more than once. It will not take long for you to decide if you're honest with yourself about it. And, I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny in the sense that 
that is exactly what I have tried to do, and I was powerless to stop. For me to have any type of controlled eating or to stay on a diet was like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound for this compulsive overeater. And I mean, these guys are so positive. Bill is so positive. What I like about this is that Bill is so positive that he's saying, look, I'm not going to try to convince you whether you're a compulsive overeater. You know, we're going to let the disease do the convincing, right? In step one, it talks about John Barleycorn, or in our case, Sarah Lee or Little Debbie are our best advocates. When I have someone that I'm working with, I'm not going to try to convince them. We let the disease do the convincing. And I certainly had sponsors that would do that for me. They would say things to me, you know, and, I, and it would irritate me. And they'd say, Amy, how's your way working for you? Because I would say, I know what to do. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I can't stay abstinent. And they would say, well, then, Amy, how's your way working for you? And she's like, I'm like, what is that knowledge that you have? I think it's really interesting because he says full knowledge. What does full knowledge mean? And I would say, well, physical allergy, mental obsession, the twofold nature of the disease. Yes, and what else? What is the full knowledge? I, I don't know. Full knowledge, mental obsession, physical allergy. Oh, yes, that I am powerless. That not only I have this, I have this disease, that I am powerless over it. To me, the full knowledge is the admission of powerlessness. Do I have the physical allergy? Check. I put sugar into my system, I cannot stop. High flour, wheat, volume, fat, I put those into my system. I'm like an alcoholic, I cannot stop. Okay, physical allergy, check. Mental obsession, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I know, no matter how much willpower I have, intellect and experience is not sufficient. Willpower is not sufficient to have me be able to control my eating. Full knowledge, I am powerless. To me, that's what full knowledge of this condition means to me. And I'm so grateful that I have that full knowledge because without it, I wouldn't be able to work this program. I wouldn't be able to because I would try to find another way. But I know who I am today. Thank God. I am a compulsive overreader with the twofold nature of the disease, and I am utterly powerless without God and these 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. from Maryland, Barbara E., and then we'll take more names. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara E. in New Jersey. I, had, I did take that challenge, more or less. I, for many years, 50 years, actually, I wandered in the desert going from one diet, one crazy scheme to another, always looking for that frothy emotional appeal. And yes, I did manage to lose the weight, and it took me a year but then I gained it back in six months. I couldn't stop the eating. And when I went to the pay and weigh, they said, well, now you're at goal weight. Choose one special bonus and have it every day. Doesn't have to be the same one, Barbara. And I did it because I trusted, I believed it. And maybe it works for some people, but not for someone like me. Because soon that one cup of ice cream became a pint and a half gallon. Soon that one donut became a dozen on the way home. I couldn't control it. So I don't advise anyone to take this challenge and try it unless you think you might not really be a real compulsive overeater. But I know I am. 
to the inner core of my heart. I believe it and I know it. And without the power of a God I didn't think I believed in, I would never have stayed abstinent for 24 years. And I'm still working on my defects of character because they're always with me. I can be selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. So that's why I come to this program. I, w- I wouldn't say to a doctor who said to me, Barbara, you've got cancer, and say, I wouldn't say, okay, doc, I'll take care of it. I'll look it up on Wikipedia. I'm coming to this doctor, this book, to save my life so that I will be a better person and not compare myself to others. Some, tr- some uh, seeds take a year to grow, or, or maybe even 20. Some flowers grow in a month. But it's, as long as we keep trying, if you're knocked down six times and you get up seven, you're a success. So I wish you all the best. Don't give up on yourself. Keep doing it. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. So let's be positive. See the beauty, not the ashes. And stay away from the the buffet. It isn't a friend of mine. It isn't a friend of most of us here today. Or we wouldn't be here in such large numbers. Thank you. Have a Oh, Barbara E., you muted before you finished signing off, but Barbara E., thank you from New Jersey. And now, um, if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Wednesday or Thursday and would like to share on the third paragraph on page 31, we do not like to pronounce, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Kim A., Melissa C. Okay. Melissa C. Andrea P. Okay, there's two people there, so nobody else talk for a minute. Try again. Andrea P. Andrea P. WH. Wait a minute. Okay, wait a sec. So after Andrea P, there was someone who was speaking at the same time as Andrea. Who was that? Tenzin P. Tenzin P. Lisa P. Wait a minute now. There was somebody with two initials in their last name. It was Ken W.H. Ken W.H. Okay, now try again, whoever was after Ken, if you remember. Maura Z. Was it Maura Z? Maura Z. Yes, Rebecca. Maura Z. Hi, hi. Maura Z. Lisa B. Okay. And Lisa B. We'll see if there's time, Lisa. You're probably sure. going to. You'll probably make it in. Okay, so we have Kim A., Melissa C., Andrea P., Tenzin P., Ken W. H., Maura Z., Lisa B., and I know there were others. Hang on for the next hour. Kim A., go right ahead. Kim A., you need to unmute your phone. Thanks. Hi, it's Kim A. from New York City. So, you know, especially once we get into recovery, we may be so excited to share what worked for us with other people 
that it may be easy for us to say, okay, listen, this is what you have to do because I know that you are, you know, a compulsive eater. But, you know, that's just our ego, our selfishness, thinking that we know what's best for other people. And we may mean well, we would mean well, but, um, I mean, I know that my best thinking got me here. So even in recovery, half the time, I don't see the truth. That's why I have my sponsor. That's why I send step 10, so my sponsor can help me see the truth. So for me to try to see the truth for other people and think I know what's best for them is just delusional thinking. Um, it's not for us to possibly take away somebody else's bottom. And it can be detrimental to other people if, you know, we're saying that they are compulsive eaters or that they're chronic or that they need this or that. It's very important that we self-diagnose before we come to recovery because this is a lot of work. And if we're desperate and we're willing and we're ready, then it's work that we are more than happy to do, at least most of the time. Um, but I know that for me, there were a few times that I tried to do the work and I turned out not to be ready. And I was not only wasting my time, but I was wasting the time of a sponsor that could have been helping somebody else. So, you know, whether or not somebody has this illness, whether or not they are chronic, and it's only chronic people who really need these steps, that's between them and their higher power. So all we can do is be here, ask God what the next right thing is, how we can be helpful, and just sit and wait for God to tell us how we can be helpful. And telling somebody else that they're a compulsive eater is not how we are helpful. We are helpful by carrying the message when somebody has diagnosed themselves. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kim A. Melissa uh, from New, New York City. Melissa C. Hi, good morning, Rebecca. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. Um, so, you know, I, I think about, like, this idea of this diagnosis and that, um, yeah, it, it's an inside job. Nobody can tell you. And it's very different from that frothy emotional appeal when someone, like, would say, like, what are you doing to yourself? And it's like it, the, the the heat has to be uh, turned on from within. It's got to be like a fire inside you, not outside of you. That's been my experience. And, you know, um, I think this is a good paragraph. You know, most – it's a great paragraph, but m most of us here – um, are here because we, we do believe this about ourselves. And yet, I, I could take this same paragraph and apply it um, to specific foods. You know, like sometimes people will say, well, I don't really know. Do I have a problem with that food? Or, you know, like they, I remember I was like that. Like I would want to know what everyone else ate to sort of help me figure out what am I supposed to eat. I wanted other people to tell me what to do. And, um, you know, and so... I say, like, you know, if you're not sure about a specific food, right, or a specific ingredient or whatever it is, um, turn the label over, read the back, or look it up and see what a serving size is. Put that on your plate. You know, see how you feel about that. Have that, 
measured small, you know, normal serving size, um, not every day. See if you can have it every two days, you know, every, and then not have it at all and see what, how your response is. Um, you know, that for me gave me a lot of information when I put something and I measured it out and I put it on my plate and I was like, no way, you know, or immediately I'm looking to manipulate and say, well, if I count it as a protein and as a fat and maybe I can double the portion or, you know, I find I needed to have it at every meal, um, that helped me with specific foods. And, you know, the other thing is, like, why is it so important that I have to know inside that I have this thing um, and that it's severe, you know, um, because the rest of the work, like once I find out full knowledge of my condition, I'm going to be told the full knowledge of a solution. And unless you know that you have this condition, the solution sounds insane. But if you know that you're crazy to begin with, the solution is the only thing that makes sense. And just real quick before I end, like, um, can I stop abruptly? You know, can I go on vacation, overeat, and come back and Monday morning get right back on my plan? My experience has always been no, you know, no. Um, and um, thanks. Okay. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. from New York. Andrea P. Andrea P. On mute. Hi, thank you, Rebecca. Can I be heard? Yes, go ahead, Andrea. Hi, thank you so much for your service and this opportunity to share today. Um, this power, uh, first of all, I'm Andrea, grateful, recovered, compulsive eater from New York. Um, this paragraph and the preceding paragraph are two, two of my favorite paragraphs. Um, when I was going through the steps, while I could identify with the other things, um, that I read, this one and the preceding one, really when I changed it to I and changed it to food and thought about all the diets I had been on. And on this paragraph, um, I changed bar room with bakery, okay? And I, I was like, this is, this is, this is me. This is, this is how I try it. There is no way I could go into a bakery by just one thing and take one bite. That's, a, you know, a normal person might buy one thing. I would buy a couple of things, and I wouldn't be able, and, and it wouldn't stop there. And I, I used to do that. I used to stop many times at a bakery on my way to work, get a couple of things, and eat them in the car before I got there, or maybe even bring something up. And our, where I worked had a cafeteria in there, too. And then... I'd wait, I think maybe I thought a respectable time, but then I, what was it, maybe a half hour at the most, and then go downstairs and get breakfast. And this is sick. Most people don't do that. And if I'm really, really honest with myself, and that's the key word, honest, I, I know that I can't do this. I know I can't go into a bakery and have one bite, or I can't have a something with flour or sugar and just have a bite that I know this is going to happen. I'm going to want more and more. Maybe not at that moment, maybe later in the day, maybe the next day. I may think maybe I got away with it and I'm safe, 
only to have it rear, have the disease rear its ugly head and be and start getting cravings again. And I know that if there's a next time and I pick up, I may not be able to stop because I've been in years-long relapse before. And that's why I haven't left the room since 2015, because even if I relapse, I know I'm a full-blown addict. And these two paragraphs more than show me I am. And I have to stay here. And I belong here. And I am so grateful for all of you because... All the work that I do, my higher power, and you, you keep me honest, and you help me see. And going through this book, one paragraph at a time, and remembering that, oh, yeah, that is me. That's what I need. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andrea P. from New York. Tenzin P., Thank you very much. Um, good morning, everyone. So glad to be here. Fantastic paragraph, fantastic shares. Yeah, so um, we do not like to pronounce any individual as a compulsive or reader. You can quickly diagnose yourself. Well, from that sentence, I take that it is an inside job. No one else can decide for us. Even after I knew I had problems with food, it was many years coming into the rooms, I would look around for a long time because of other uh, pieces, my social disease. Let's say I would look around and compare myself. Well, I'm not as bad as this one who weighed so much more than me, who still weighs so much more than me. But the thing is, what did I do with that? That I wasn't good enough. I still came, but somehow I used all of that. I, I didn't have as dramatic a story. I wasn't good enough. Well, that ended up in my other pieces of my inventory. Okay, you know, um, all those other things that it suggested we try if we think we might, not, we might or might not be a compulsive overeater. Uh, it gives me a healthy fear now because I have recovery. Thank you so much. One day at a time. Try to eat and stop abruptly. Ooh, I'm not going anywhere near that. Ooh, try it more than once. No, thank you. Um, as a, since I had a lot of control, um, I could stop maybe once. But then, or maybe even twice, or maybe like think people were going to read, even for um, months. But then I would be back with my face in the food. It, it took really um, many, many different things that I tried to um, have the grace to be introduced to someone who was in the Vision for You program. And the first day I came to a meeting and I heard with shivers in my heart, Someone shared entire abstinence, and I knew, oh, that scared me, and it really struck a chord, and I'm so grateful that I have entire abstinence one day at a time, having full knowledge, as someone else said, meaning the physical and the emotional, I know, but I have also had a bottom that I don't want to go anywhere near ever again, God willing, and um yeah, so honest, free of deceit, free of being misguided. I'm so grateful for the guidance and the grace of coming to these meetings every day and with that I pass. 
Thank you, Tenzin P. from New York City. Ken W. H. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This is Ken Woods Henderson, um, recovered compulsive eater from Cary, North Carolina. Uh, grateful to be here. Bill is so perceptive and so knowing of my mind that it scares me sometimes. Um, that word controlled shows up again, and not too many paragraphs ago, we had a paragraph with four times it had control in it. That's a fundamental issue. And uh, somehow Bill knew that that's what I wanted to do, was control. So he suggested that I go try to control, and he knew somehow that I would the first time. And I might even do it the second or third, but the fact that he said, try it more than once, because he knew it was going to take a while, <laughs> that I was going to be resistant. Um, I'm always struck by the line, if, if, there's a big if, if you are honest with yourself about it, and I've gotten very theatrical at times with that and said to myself, ah, there's the rub. Uh, to be honest with myself, that's almost a catch-22 in all of this. I have to be honest to admit that I'm something I don't want to be. <laughs> um, it's kind of goofy in a way, um, but um, it worked for me. Uh, this honesty thing Dishonesty has been one of my primary issues, and uh, all the knowledge in the world did not change my dishonesty with myself. I can kid myself anything about anything, and uh, I did for way, way, way too long in my life, um, with many, many years in recovery in another program and still not honest with myself about food until this past year. And uh, I'm grateful that that, um, that happened for me, the full knowledge that I am absolutely powerless, I cannot control. That's what I had to finally say to myself deep down inside. And I have said it, and I'm grateful. So thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Ken W.H. from Cary, North Carolina. Maura Z. Thank you, Rebecca. Maura Z. <sighs> recovering, wanting to be recovering in Virginia. Oh, timer. Hang on. I did remember that. Okay. Um, this is a hard place to be, relapse. Um, in a word, it sucks. Um, and I have walked away from program. I mean, I have to be honest with myself, right? That's what it's telling me. I walked away. I stopped listening. I stopped reading. I stopped calling. Um, there are those very special humans among this group that kept calling me and texting me. And... They are the angels in my life. Um, I don't have to step over to the nearest bar room. I don't have to step over to the nearest bakery. I just had to step over to the nearest grocery store and fill my cart with all manner of shit that I had no business eating whatsoever. And thinking and rationalizing, no thinking. Thinking to me says there's rational thought. 
there was no thinking. It was rationalizing. It was bargaining. It was denial, big denial. Um, I can do this. You know, you've been in program for 20 years. Well, actually, no, it would have been 21 had you done anything for the last year. But no, 20 years and then you left. And so be honest with myself. Honesty tells me I've been lying to myself for a year. Often I'm thinking I can do this. Often I'm thinking I need help. But through it all, just in plain apathy. And I don't care and I don't want to care and I don't give a crap about this and get out of my face. I don't want to hear about the 12 steps. And this morning I woke up and I'm getting dressed and I'm looking in the mirror and it is not pretty. I'm up 10 pounds and in my brain I'm thinking 10 pounds is not that big. Well, when you're only five feet freaking short, it's a lot. But it's not even that so much that's causing me to pick up the phone this morning. What's picking up the phone this morning is coming from a place of fear. It's coming from a place of wake up, Zimmerman, and smell the freaking coffee. But don't put that crap in it. One day at a time. Today is Friday. Today is God willing day one. And I will hope to be coming back one day at a time. And getting closer to God because he's the one. He's the only one. That's going to hold my hand and help me through. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Maura Z from Virginia. Lisa B., we have a couple, yeah, we got the three minutes. Go for it. Hi, did you call me, Lisa? I did. Thank oh, okay, great. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Sure. Um, my name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I do spell my name L-E-S-A. This has been a really powerful meeting. Um, this paragraph spoke to me in that it reminded me when I first came to A Vision for You, I'm so grateful that I did at that time and that I could hear recovered voices, that I could hear the truth about who and what I am. And at that exact same time, I was in therapy because for many, many years, I had been living as an untreated compulsive overeater. So I had a lot of obsessions, a lot of rigidity, a lot of control. And I mentioned to this therapist that I was seeing about food. And she said to me, that's part of your, um, you know, OCD stuff. And which, by the way, thank you, God, now that I'm recovered, is gone. But she said, you know, you, you can't be so rigid about your food. You need to not learn to be so afraid of food. I was thin at that time. I was recovering from heart surgery, so I was underweight from the surgery. And that triggered the other end of my illness, which can be under eating. And um, thank God at that time, I was newly working with a sponsor from A Vision for You that was recovered. And not that it takes the sponsor to tell me who and what I am. I listened to her talk about who and what she was and what this big book as a set of directions did for her. And when I started seeing this counselor, I know my truth, you know, that I am a real compulsive overeater. And when she said that to me, it just went in one ear and out the other. But if she had said that to me prior to hearing a healthy meeting with recovered people where I could hear the truth about myself, 
um, I might have said, you know, she's right. That's what I've been saying to myself all my life. I'm too hard on myself. I need to learn to have a cheat day. Don't be so hard on myself, you know. But thank God she was able to help me with so many other issues. But OA and my sponsor and the big book is a set of directions, my food plan, entire abstinence. The 12 steps is the spiritual remedy to treat the illness in my mind, you know, and the food plan with abstinence. So I'm so grateful to be here and thank you for all your shares and your service. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. from Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you, everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. At one point, we had 454 of us on the line. Um, it's wonderful. The share ID number for this meeting, Friday, January 22nd, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern time is 16,248. That's 16248. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Tenzin P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you very much, Tenzin P. in New York City. So grateful to be here. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for the each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.